0: Hey guys, I'm Kira and you're listening to Ross FM. This is my show, Inspired Lives, live every Thursday from five to six PM. Today I'm going to be joined by Austin Reed and he's a YouTuber and we're gonna hear all about his career. Hey guys, you're listening into Ross FM. Today I have on the show Austin. Austin, can you hear us?
1: Absolutely, Kira. Thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> Not so bad. That's a New York accent, isn't it?
1: It is.
0: (laughs) It is. And you're all the way over there at the moment, but you're in Ireland at the moment.
1: Yeah, first time in Ireland ever, and it's a beautiful country, and I always wanted to come here, so
0: fabulous. I'm delighted to hear you're enjoying it. Well, Austin, tell us, when did you get into YouTube or what actually inspired you to begin this career?
1: Okay, well, I always wanted to create uh, an online business, and I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and YouTube seemed like it was a great platform to do so, to build an audience doing something that you love and helping people. And so back in 2018, I had a goal of uh, being a full-time YouTuber, and uh, it took me, I would say, about three years until it took off. So um, there was a lot of Uh, trial and error you could say there was a lot of like discovering what works you know what connects with people and what doesn't Um, but I could say looking back that it's been worth it the journey of building an audience and connecting with people and um, supporting myself in that way too so um, it's something that I always wanted to do
0: Absolutely. So you've been several years kind of building it up. Is there kind of any like challenges you kind of came up like along the way at the very beginning or like how did you find yourself like immersed in it? Was there any like difficulties or how did everything go for you at the beginning?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, YouTube, as you know, there's I believe there's uh, there's something like thousands or millions of videos being published every minute on YouTube. And wow. so in order to. To build an audience on YouTube, it's very, uh, there's a saturated market, meaning there's so many people, um, it's kind of hard to break in and get an audience. And that was a belief that I heard that people told me, but I always wanted to prove myself, you know, prove to myself that I could actually overcome that belief and I could create an audience. Um, And there was a a two year period where the challenge was um, I would post the video and there wouldn't really be many people uh listening at all and um on youtube the some of the name of the game is numbers you know how many people are listening to you of course that's a—it's uh, not the most important thing but it is an important metric and so for two years i knew what i was saying was valuable that but for some reason it, it just didn't catch on for a very long time so that caused me to refine a lot and to learn a lot about myself and um that's something i encourage people, you know, if you have a message there are people out there that would like to hear it. It's just about pushing through maybe some of the uh the obscurity. You know, um there's a quote and this is like whatever anyone wants to do is that yeah. obscurity precedes notoriety. And and that goes for anything. Like if you want to get good at whatever, um like if you put in the time, you will you will get good at it, but it's just about overcoming that obscurity when you're kind of being i guess the way that i perceive it is like tested like you know are you really into this for the right reasons or are you just here for short-term gratification and so um the problem for me was just kind of the obscure phase and i think we all go through that you know with whatever we want
0: absolutely and i see no absolutely and i see as well you have but the thing about it is well you have an incredible work ethic I think, you know, it's like what they say, you know, 50% talent, but 50% work. And you're not someone who's afraid to just yeah. get stuck in. And I believe you spend, I suppose, hours probably in editing these videos. Would you say, would, what was, what's your workload yes. like?
1: Yeah, well, for me, it's just a constant thing because I love to do it. I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. Um, but it's a, it's a lesson, I think, uh, or just, you know, a fact that someone who is generally talented at something... You know, if someone is um, maybe not as talented as another person, but they put in more work than the other person, I think Mm -hmm. that's even more beneficial. And it was a lesson that I think that I had to learn because uh, growing up, there was a lot of like, there was this belief that I'm a talented person and that caused me to actually slack off and be lazy. Yeah. So uh, I think the work ethic is a big part of it, but I love to do it. So it's not work. It is work, but it's... um, it's something that I love to do, but there is a lot of work. You know, people will see a YouTube video and um, think that oh, it, it must just be easy to, you know, just upload the video. But what people don't see is what goes into the background. You know, preparing for the video, taking time to edit the video, upload the video, checking how you can publish it successfully, and all this stuff. Um, so it's more—it's more much more than meets the eye, is what I would say
0: no absolutely I suppose when it comes to inspiration you know you're someone there as well there. you have a great mindset can you tell us about some of the new kind of beliefs and things like you had to adapt in order to grow when it came to your YouTube because I see you went down that un, like that um, mindset of, you know, like believing in yourself and things like that. Could you have you any advice for young people listening in about some? Because I know we have James actually and he sent a request in as well him, himself and Erica to play um, a song we'll play later on. But um, they're listening in and James actually has a he just started his YouTube channel. So he's listening. So any little advice um, when it comes to mindset to, to help you grow as a YouTuber?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel that, you know, people feel how you feel about yourself and it's very challenging to feel good about what you're doing when you're not really getting the recognition for it. And so, the thing that I would say to everyone is you have to believe that what you're saying is important. Uh, you have to believe that what whatever you're doing or if, on YouTube, you have to believe that what you're saying has value and that it's important. And if you truly believe that then it's almost uh something called like the law of state transference where people feel how you feel and so in the beginning of my youtube career i really did not although a big part of me knew that what i was saying was important that it was valuable that it would help people um i subconsciously i guess you could say didn't i had a belief that said no it's not actually important because if it was important everyone would already be listening Um, And that's the the false reality that you have to overcome through yourself, and and you have to believe in yourself when no one else does, I would say. Um, And to go even deeper with that, there's uh, something I like to say, it's a little saying that I think it works, is that it's impossible for anyone to reject you. You can only reject yourself. What that really means is...
0: I love that, Austin, (laughs) I love that.
1: Yeah yes because it's what people will feel off of what you're saying if you come into it rejecting yourself you know oh I hope this works or I hope this has value people will say I guess it doesn't I guess they don't feel it has value whereas if you can just simply not reject yourself by you know if you can't believe in yourself you have to believe in um, some sort of principles or some sort of the thing that you're talking about in the beginning for me I didn't necessarily believe in myself but I believed in my message I believed what in what I was talking about and if I and I knew that if I was just consistent enough with that then people would it, it would catch on so if you don't believe in yourself forget about yourself um, it's about what you're bringing to the table you know um, I love that I perspective
0: shift on it I absolutely because I think a lot of people get stuck in perfectionism and they kind of hold mm. themselves back an awful lot but I think I love that approach and I think that would be an excellent strategy to deal with that
1: yes Yeah. Yeah. Perfectionism is the biggest one. You know, people don't want people to be perfect. Uh, Generally, people want people to be real. Um, And of course, to certain limits, you know, but uh, to genuinely like allow yourself to make a mistake. Um, And for me now, I don't, I don't, you know, make little cuts in any of my videos. It's just one big shot. What that means is like, I'll fumble a word and I can laugh at myself instead of, uh, instead of, saying oh i know i need to redo this video people actually like you better i think when you can laugh at yourself with whatever you do you don't want to take yourself too seriously that's something i that blocked me was taking myself too seriously and i think everyone can have that in any endeavor that you're in any game that you're in or whatever you do it's like if you cannot take yourself seriously i think that's the key to perfection and getting over some of that perfectionism
0: yeah no i absolutely-
1: talked about
0: absolutely i love that it makes you a lot more relatable and again as i say you know people are genuinely following you and loving your content but also i think a lot of it is too is that we we like the individual and i think we want to support and things like that as well so i think it definitely comes Mm -hmm. down to that that realism side of things how do you any idols though kind of at the beginning or have you any new idols or kind of aspirations kind of that you kind of look up towards or kind of want to um, take inspiration from that were on youtube
1: yeah, well, I was really fortunate enough to meet one of the people that I was an idol to me. Someone named Aaron Dowdy. He has over a million, one million subscribers on YouTube now. And at the start of my journey, he was someone I really looked to as an idol, Aaron Dowdy. Um, and he speaks about things that I do. But what I did was I, I said I need to somehow uh, get, you know, maybe I can work with this person. So I actually offered. Uh, you know, I got him as a mentor, basically, and I offered. This might sound crazy to some people, but I offered to work for him for free. And I said, "Hello, you know, I like what you do on YouTube. Is there any way I can help you? You know, these are my skills: um, writing, editing videos, etc." And I said, "I'll work for you for free in exchange for your knowledge, in exchange for your insight, because he was an idol." In it. And like, you know, thank the universe, thank uh, everything. It happened to work out for me where I could work alongside of him. Um, and I actually was able to model his success. So like a big tip for everyone is to find, you know, a mentor, you know, even if it's just online, um, and then model success, you know, um, imitation is good in the beginning and then you'll develop your own style, but success leads cues in whatever it is you're doing. Um, so Aaron Dowdy was a, a, big inspiration for me, um there's many others as well um i love deepak chopra who is a inspirational spiritual um person he's written so many books at this point uh but many others as well but um yeah does that does that makes
0: sense to you? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Then we'll get back to Austin and we'll talk a little bit more because you also are very creative when it comes to music. And Austin then will be chatting to us more about his career. Hey, guys, this is Ross FM and I'm here talking to Austin Reed about his YouTube, The Autistic Mystic. Can you tell us, Austin, how did you come up with that name? And what was the inspiration behind it? Oh,
1: yeah, well, that's a big one. Well, they say the first thing I'll say to that is to make your mess, your message.
0: And, um, I love that. Me having, I love that. um, yeah,
1: make, make your mess, your message. And, um, it actually started, you know, me kind of being, uh, light level bullied, understanding I do have light level autism and things like that. And so instead of looking at that as something that I wanted to run away from, I actually took it as, um, an inspiration to make your mess your message um and so combining some of that like realizing that um many um autistic children are actually highly gifted individuals very unique individuals i wanted to be someone who could be a beacon to those people instead of um some people may be ashamed of such a thing or uh something like that so part of it was that um as well more of a a deeper concept is you know the autistic mystic is kind of very paradoxical for some people but you know much of the paradox actually leads to great wisdom you know they say um paradoxical language points to something that can only be understood beyond words and so when we hear great wise people or very enlightened people talk about you know do not just be weak but also be strong you know uh i am not full but I am also not empty. These are all Zen sayings that point to something beyond words, and it points to a peace within us that um, that can be reconciled in this state of wholeness. So, uh, the idea behind that it was my life story, and it was something that just came to me. And I said, I know I have to do this. It's what you know. A lot of you will feel called when the universe, or however you connect God or whatever it is, calls you in a certain direction. You must do it. And that's what it was for me, really.
0: Well, I think you're an absolute inspiration to take that and just to really, like, I think it's, it's self-belief. It's amazing. Um, my experience, I had um, my first shop in Offley when I opened it up. There, My first work experience student came into to me, and his name was John. He, he wouldn't mind me telling the story. And um, he also had autism, Austin. And hands down, I can mm-hmm. say he was the best work experience student I had ever mentored like absolute like he was so yeah. reliable but he was his ability to want and his ability I would, I would say but also his enthusiasm and his desire to really try and to really work and to really um he, like he was just he was so great for it to be like he wouldn't back down for anything he wanted to try these different things and he told me a story that when he was 12 yeah. years of age Um, And he was born with severe autism. But when he was 12 years of age, he overheard a conversation between his mom and his dad. And they were saying, oh, what will we do when we get older? How are we going to look after John? And he overheard that, he said, when he was 12. And whatever way he took it in, he said, that's it. He said, I'm determined to get independent. And from there on, he said, over the next few years, he really, really worked hard. And he had a lot of um, in-home help at that time. And he had a lot of, uh, he went to different services and things like that. But he today at the moment he's actually down in college in Cork and he's studying photography and he he's actually ready for this? He actually has his own radio show down there as well. Um I think it's ninety I'll have to think it's ninety four point something, I think, as well. Um and he's just flying it today and just like you, he's really he just goes for life. And I think if anything he's probably one of those he's an absolute inspiration to me and I've always looked up to John and it was so funny we used to have the, the greatest of chats but he was just so intelligent and the way he would just he had, he'd had he always take the positive outlook on a situation
1: yes yeah absolutely that's a that's a big part of it to embrace that your uniqueness and the way that you are um, instead of looking at it as something bad uh, looking at it as as a gift is what I say to that
0: absolutely because both of you thinking about it like are absolute gifted individuals very very intelligent and again your work ethic is phenomenal but we're gonna hear your song can you tell us before i before what's it, the name of it and when you wrote this
1: okay well the name of this song is called Yao Ming uh, Yao Ming is a basketball player uh, very tall Man, and I wrote this a few years ago, so it was a bit of a different phase of my life when I was in, but I do love music, and I I loved to do this, Um, so I wrote it a few years ago, and uh, it's called Yao Ming, Um, so that is the name.
0: Austin, can you tell us, what was the process of writing this song, the inspiration, What, like, how did the lyrics come to mind? Was it an experience or books you were reading? Or can you tell us what is the whole message in this song?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a combination of things. So in order to write that one, I had to not be afraid to be myself um, because it's a combination of uh, some sort of spiritual principles combined with living everyday life in new york where i grew up and where i was living at the time when i wrote the song so the style of the song is very much uh like there's an artist named Nas, or even uh Diggy smalls or like a lot of the hip-hop and r&b community in new york is something that i listen to all the time and so i wanted to model that because i love the music but as far as the lyrics go i almost look at it as like slam poetry and um Art is always about expression, you know. Absolutely. Um, When I wrote the song, it was really about expression and getting something off my chest. And uh, whenever you can do that, I think it's just important to do it for yourself, uh, you know, rather than exactly, oh, how is it going to be received by other people? You know, so there is a lot of uh, inspiration um, just through life experiences, I would say, from that song.
0: Absolutely, and would you have a favourite lyric out of that?
1: Oh, favourite lyric.
0: Yeah, I always Uh, think, like, as an artist, you always have your kind of, your favourite one-liners or just kind of, or little verses or anything that have a point to a particular subject. What would your Uh, favourite on that be?
1: Yeah, my favourite one would have to be um, You Ain't Limited to 7-6. Damn! I hope you treasure this. And <laughs> no that's you should a, trademark a some of these, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, be the
0: cool for seven six as
1: well. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, because Yao Ming, the basketball player, he's actually seven foot six inches tall. So he's seven six. That's how tall he is. But I say in the song, "You're not limited to seven six because you can grow." exponentially and infinitely high so you're not limited to any height there's always more heights to go so it's like everything in the song there's a deeper meaning to every single one of those lyrics actually absolutely but you probably wouldn't get it from the face value
0: no but you know what i think is even better about that it's like with poetry as well there's so much mystery embedded in poetry yes it's it's open to so much interpretation and perspective, that's why I always use, love to ask artists when they come in what's the inspiration, because most of them won't really tell you, they'll kind of go around it, a kind of a, a loop way around it, but they won't really give you the exact um, nugget of goal that's really in the middle, because I suppose they want it to be open um, for interpretation mm-hmm. not to kind of put a specific meaning on it, rather to allow others to be able to kind of develop their own Um, I suppose, relation to the lyrics, I suppose, isn't it? But when it comes to the process of writing, I suppose, rap, like when did you, like, did you love it from a young age? Was it the whole way up? And did you ever, or do you ever see yourself doing any more future aspirations with music and writing?
1: Yeah, it was something that the whole uh, rapping thing was something that developed when I was a teenager. I always listened to rap. But I always had, like, limiting beliefs that said, oh, although I like this, I couldn't really do it. But from a young age, I was always a talented singer. Um, and although I don't sing anymore, I like to just rap instead because it feels more better for whatever reason. Um, but it's, it's something that, you know, it, it's something that just developed, I would say. Um, and as well, I think you made a really good point there, you know, though about how it's up to interpretation, essentially. And part of the, I do actually have, um, much more raps to be released. I have about a a few more songs that are, I'm actually going to create them into an album, I think, before I release them on my YouTube channel and other places. So I have more, you know, it's just kind of a work in progress because I've been so busy with, um, what I've been doing on YouTube with readings and things like that. But I do, to get back to the point of, it's open to interpretation because we're all connected as human beings. So when you say something to someone, you don't really know how it's going to be digested. You don't really know. There's no way you could know what connection they'll make in their brain to what you just said. So it's almost like we're living in this, we're all, uh, it's like a beautiful symbiosis where as long as you're sharing what's on your heart, I feel it was meant to be received by other people for some sort of synchronistic way that it's not even important for you to understand why you, you needed to share it, but it is always there is always a deeper reason to it does that make sense
0: no you? absolutely absolutely I love your whole perspective okay. on that, have you and then when it comes to was we'll say written poetry like was there anyone like in school you kind of loved to read poetry from, or was it mostly kind of rapping rap poetry yeah. or what do you need inspiration there it was
1: yeah i mean it was mostly rap poetry and things like that there's a one particular artist named M.F. Doom, who is one of the best poets of our time, it's just people wouldn't know him as that, they would know him as an artist, as a as a rapper, essentially, even yeah. though if you look into his lyrics, they're incredibly rich with, uh, some of the rhymes that he does are just insane, um, so that's one person, I would say, really, Not, no, no real standard poetry, though, for me.
0: Absolutely, um, well, I had a few weeks back on the show, I had a guy called... Um, his Well, his um, Instagram is subconsciously conscious, that's his business, but he writes poetry. But we were talking about the word um, yeah. symbolism, and he was kind of referring to a lot of things from Shakespeare and ego death. And ego death was um, a kind of a, a term, um, and he was ex- ex- explaining that, I suppose, to us all with symbolism. Can you give us your... Um, your take on what an ego death is for anyone listening in and kind of how, you know, artists are constantly going through these new, new transformational stages where they're always growing and always becoming. Um, so if you could kind of give us um, your own synopsis on um, ego death.
1: Oh, wow, well, that's a big one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because he, yeah, he explained,
0: I, I love to hear the different ways artists um, explain this one because a lot of them refer to it in their songs. This was right. the hero's
1: well, journey, really, isn't it? <laughs> about, yeah, for me it's about zooming out and understanding we're all one. You know, the further you zoom out, if you were to look at planet Earth from a deeper perspective from space, you know, we're really just a little dot and we're all on this together. And if you zoom out further, you see the Milky Way galaxy, that's another dot. And you can zoom out further and you see that really what we perceive as separate entities uh, is from a certain perspective a limited understanding of the universe now I believe that uh, having an ego is necessary and it's you know important to have a healthy ego to set proper boundaries but the ego death is something that uh, it can't really be explained I would say for most people it takes tragedy to be honest with you for me what led to it was uh, a really bad breakup with a girlfriend and um, because my ego is completely like attached to this you know thing and when the thing was taken away, I didn't know what to do, and so I had to look for the universe. I had to find God, or to get rid of my ego. Um, but it—it's a paradox because once you have the ego death, you'll be given uh, a lot more. Even when it comes to being an artist or any sort of creative thing that you do, if you can get your ego out of the way, it's almost like things just your creativity is enhanced tremendously. And so, um, because what what is created from the ego is usually just a model it's it's like it doesn't really come from the soul um you can hear you know someone who goes to you know recording school and is like an artist uh and they can put all the notes together properly from the mind but it may not have that juice to it that artistic flair but whereas someone creates something from no ego from the ego death space you could say it has something to it you may not be able to say what it is but something created not from ego it has something that is hard to label but you're like whoa it's like that x factor it's that special thing and so that's what people don't understand is that paradoxically by letting go of the ego you can actually enhance your ego but it will come from a different place Um, that it won't come from a needy place a jealous place all of these things that keep us in a state of going crazy you know the state of humanity is a lot of people are going crazy with ego thoughts but when you can see us more of a united um a united whole then that's when amazing things happen, at least that's how I view it
0: I, I love how you um, explained all that That's you've given it great depth and you've given it great understanding because I suppose it goes back to the, I talk a lot about Shakespeare <laughs> I don't know why, I always seem to bring him up at yeah. some point in the radio but um, I think he's definitely for poets and things like that with, when it comes to writing and things like that, I think again it's that we take on that Shakespearean um, ego death thing I suppose in all our subjects but I think yeah exactly breakups a lot of people get a lot of inspiration for music from them and there's a, it's such a process we go through in life that everyone at some point of their life will go through a breakup whether it be friendship whether it be um, romantic connections and I suppose we use that that, that helps us break down this ego and our, we become vulnerable and I suppose that's the place you need to be to write works of art open
1: right yes yes uh, one quick shakespeare quote is that all the world's a stage and all the men and women and everyone are merely players on the stage um and that's the quote that i use to not take myself so seriously um of course with integrity act with integrity but also realize that this it's a form of um you know life is a game it's a form of a you know, we're all players on the stage of life. So,
0: do you um, think? Do you think do you it,
1: like that one? Have you ever heard that
0: one? No, I, I love that one. Oh, thanks for that one. Do you think? Uh-huh. Okay, if you were to, you know, sit in the mind of Shakespeare here for a moment, what do you think? You know, the way because I'm sure he has, a he always has this deeper in, um, introspection on these things. What do you think he meant even deeper by that?
1: Oh, you know, I think that he. It's it's up for interpretation, obviously. But what I feel he meant from that is maybe you know when people cause harm to other human beings or or to the planet when we take our role too seriously and we forget that we're connected to each other so people take the you know whatever chosen path you take in life of course you want to take it seriously because that's where excellence comes from but uh that's how you become great at what you do to take it seriously um but as well you need to you know keep a little bit of distance from yourself. Like, are you able to laugh at yourself? Um, You know, are you able to look at things from different perspectives without getting into your ego? Because if you're able to do that, that's when we can all um, create win-win scenarios instead of uh, win-lose scenarios. You know, zero-sum games is what causes the world to go crazy. So, you know, a win-win scenario is like if someone says something to you, even if it rubs you the wrong way, well, maybe, how is it, how is it true and even if it's not true just because we're all uh, connected so looking at it from every person's perspective on the stage of life you know everyone's a character is how I view it
0: thank you for that Austin (laughs) thank you I love I love no I love how you delivered that and I suppose one of the last questions I really really want to ask you today is what is the lifestyle of a YouTuber what is it like are you moving from place to place do you have to check out for Wi-Fi what is it like to have that as a full-time career?
1: Right. And well, that
0: question is sent in Wi-Fi. from James. <laughs> that just oh, came in there now.
1: <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, for me the most beautiful thing about being a YouTuber is you're not um you're not locked into one location. If that's something you value is travel, then it's great, you know. Um I get to go wherever because as long as i have a wi-fi connection you're able to work and that's what most a lot of people are experiencing um but for me it's not that's just kind of a, a side thing um because i love what i do i love the fact that i'm able to spend a lot of time working on um getting better at my craft so that i can so when i reach people it actually like makes a difference or it actually like um, can improve their lives. So like I have a lot of extra time um, during the day um, and I can, I have a lot of free time, but I choose to invest that time into my craft because I love it. So um, mainly the travel is what it's being like. Um, it can also be quite stressful, I will be honest with you. It's not, you know, yeah. that's the good side of it, right? But there's also the other side where you, you know, you have an audience and people are expect. you have to show up like any other it is a job like you have to show up like it's any other job and um sometimes when you're you know you get sick it's all on you there's no one to replace you it's your channel
0: absolutely
1: so there's a lot of stress that can come with that um and just being consistent you know you can get into creative ruts uh there's gonna be days where you're inspired to do it and then there's gonna be other days where you don't even want to get out of bed for whatever reason but you have to you have to keep showing up just like any other thing um so there's a lot of pros and cons to it but it's like the more you the thing that helped me with that is like uh just becoming comfortable with uncomfortability of like new things but um it's a great lifestyle i'm blessed i have really no complaints about it is there anything else like that you were uh like wondering about with that or
0: um that no a... that, I think you had to start because a lot um James had asked there about kind of the pros and cons and um he he's just he's just started his little YouTube so he's trying to build it up but um that that was fantastic. But I was just wondering as well, where do you see YouTube heading in the future? As and like uh, when it comes to the community as well, what is the community like of YouTube? Is it supportive with your fellow peers and things like that or what what's that yeah. like? Uh
1: I, I mean I see it you know sticking around I see it being you know many people use it um it's a great tool because anyone can just watch any any video on it um the community is great too is one thing um is I've made all of my close friends through being a youtuber um so the community although it's online it actually does lead to a lot of in-person things you know whether that be uh, meetings with people um in real life and things like that so I see it I, you know, because there's a lot of apps like Instagram or Facebook, you know, every app's going to have its ups and and downs, you never really know, but I see it, I see, you know, a lot it's a very popular platform, so I don't really see that changing um, into the future, really.
0: Well, listen, Austin. Thank you for gracing us with good vibes here this evening and telling us all about your life, your lifestyle, your journey. Um, you're an absolute inspiration for your age and for those that, again, that follow you and look up to you. You're very inspirational, as I said, and you have an incredible work ethic. And I just thank you so much for coming on while you're in Ireland.
1: <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you to everyone for listening uh, to me today. I really appreciate all of you and thank you so much for having me on once
0: again. And exactly, and then if you've and if you've any future tracks, definitely guys, um Austin send them in and we'll definitely get them played because you're you're a fantastic lyricist I think the mind of a writer is fascinating and you definitely showcase that here this evening uh, with your wealth of knowledge and your your beautiful use of language and just thank you very much for coming on.
1: Absolutely thank you.
0: No worries. You listen, enjoy the rest of your stay in Ireland. And guys, our last request of the evening is Billie Eilish, No Time to Die. Thank you so much for listening into the show, Inspired Lives. I'll be live again next Thursday at the same time. And we'll have another guest on. Enjoy your evening. Thank you.